This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose with space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I'm joined by Albert Kearney and Sam Heskiff to talk all things Palace. This week, we'll be talking more singing. Andy Gray loving the manor, Danny DeVito, Wayne Hennessy being charged, Salah and Salah. The FA Cup preview focuses on the absence of Spurs' big guns, goalkeepers, referees and the charge for fringe players to impress. And of course, the news of Zaha's potential move to Dortmund is poured over. That's his next so good. But this is... Yes, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm joined, as usual, by Sam Heskith. Hello. And Albert Curley. Hi. Hi. Um, just you drinking this week, Albert. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what are you what drinking? Of what of it? Uh, it's a nice little American craft. Uh, what's it say here? Nice little craft lager, and it's called Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, is it light? Uh, oh, it's quite. It's one of those really big cans. It's actually quite heavy, mate. Not uh, for much longer. Yeah. You, are you doing this from a park bench? Uh, no. The, I did try, but the Wi-Fi was pretty ropey. Mm. <laughs> is it Budweiser's a tramps tramps beer? I don't know. I just associate it with tramps. I don't know. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> nice to be here. Nice to be here. Um, Hesky, if you were supposed to be on Super Tenants, right? But you passed it up. I was, yeah. Mike Scott didn't pass any over. So <laughs> I'm on the water, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm on the tea this week. I'm 23 days into dry January now, and I'm I'm doing all right. I haven't really craved any. I've lost three kilos. 
I feel like I can breathe better. Um, there's a lot to be said for it, but needless to say, on the 2nd of February, I will be getting absolutely hammered for Nick's 30th birthday. So there you go. <laughs> um, right, last week we had Andros Townsend singing, but then Ian Wright this week has been, um, well, he's been showing his Crystal Palace singing talent, shall we call it? Hit it, William. Um, <laughs> enjoy that Heskiff yeah I was just wondering if that's what all of us sound like when we're at Palace if you, <laughs> if you sort of like if we were mic'd up and you stripped it down so it was just us you could hear I wonder if it was as tuneful as that oh, definitely the high pitched parts of that is me whenever so, I get really high pitched when anything exciting happens at football I don't know why Albert do you drive around in your whip like that uh, no not quite not quite I mean it's I, I admire the effort. It's not very good, is it? I, I think the uh, the last time Kurt Cobain heard a gunner making a record like that, it was um, blowing his own face off. <laughs> wow. <sighs> We're talking about blowing your own face off. Andy Gray was um, taken to Twitter this week to heap praise on the manor. Um, if you don't know who the Manor are, they're a southeast London-based band. And um, one of the rappers from this group, Scotty Stacks, is a big Crystal Palace fan, season ticket holder in the Arthur Waite. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> after listening to it, he was he was suggesting, Albert, that um, where's the gear? What was he talking about? Uh, I could only assume football training gear. Maybe, you know, he's pumped up and ready for a, a good session on the training pit. I, I couldn't possibly think what what else he was referring to. Obviously, he's an upstanding citizen of mm. and friend of the show. And friend of the show, the real Andy Gray, as he phoned in one day and informed us. Give, give, give us a call, Andy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, don't, I always had the impression that Andy Gray was a bit of a wheeler dealer. I can imagine him um, shopping training gear out of the back of a boot of a car at the training ground back in there. Cones. Cones. <laughs> yeah, just a bit of everything, you know. Yeah, wear your own. You don't want to like wear one of those sweaty ones that everyone else wears here. Have one of these. Um but yeah, so Andy Gray, uh I would suggest perhaps not tweeting stuff like that. Or maybe just get on with it. I don't know. Also this week we've had <laughs> I don't know, it is a Spurs show, so we thought we'd put in um an Arsenal joke for for any Spurs people that might end up listening. Uh Danny DeVito just with the most awkward thing at the National Television Awards. Billy go. Uh, there's a big week for me this week. Really nice to be here. I got an Arsenal game on Friday night. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the tryouts on uh, Saturday. I'm going to get Peter Cech's job. A goalie. Ah, go on. Go Arsenal. Okay, here we go. Ooh, you mean. All right. Peter Check's job. Um, the worst thing about this, Heskiff, is that, you know, Peter Check's not even first choice. It's not a bad job, is it, though, to have sitting on a bench? <laughs> um, I could do that. He will to get on it. He's fucking tiny, Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that was what was weird about it. He was obviously making a joke at his own expense due to his height, but how? But why? It was just so awkward. Wrong crowd, innit? It's the wrong crowd. If he'd have done that in a more... Um, who's sneezing? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny person sneezing somewhere. Uh, it's wrong crowd, innit? I, I thought it was quite funny. Like you say, he's having a dig at his own height. Peter Cech's just announced he's retiring. It's relevant. He's having a pop at himself. Just wrong crowd. Just as well we didn't do a joke about our goalkeeper, innit? That could have gone even worse. <laughs> um, Albert, it sounded like you might be tapping Danny DeVito up there for a future piece of work. No, I have I have met Danny DeVito very briefly. Um, he does a good line in Lemoncello. Google it. Danny DeVito's Lemoncello. It's got a wicked jingle. <laughs> Uh, however, sorry for listening, Danny. It does taste like shit. <laughs> uh, but yes, obviously he was making jokes about goalkeepers there and um, a joke has backfired big time for Wayne Hennessy now. Uh, we spoke about his uh, alleged Nazi salute last week and um, he has now been charged by the FA. The FA said Crystal Palace goalkeeper Wayne Hennessy has been charged with a breach of FA rule E3, which presumably is the rule don't don't be a Nazi. Um, it's alleged that a gesture he made, which was captured by a photograph and posted on social media, breached rule E3-1, which is presumably definitely don't be a Nazi, as it was abusive and or insulting and or improper and or brought the game into dispute. It was further alleged that this constitutes an aggravated breach, which is defined in rule E3-2, which is <laughs> really, really don't be a Nazi, as it's included reference to ethnic origin and or race and or religion and or belief. Hennessy has until the 31st of January 2019 to respond to this charge. Uh, Heskip, did you expect this charge to be coming? Uh, not really, actually. I mean, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago whenever it was that he'd done it and we said you know he's stupid and you know he's probably going to get told off behind the scenes at Palace but yeah because it because it just sort of went away within a day or so I didn't really didn't really give it much thought to be honest but I, I'm not I'm not really sure what they're going to do but I guess he's injured anyway isn't he? so if they give him a suspension it doesn't make any difference. Mm. Albert do you think the punishment should just be a fine, a slap on the wrist, or a suspension. What do you think is the worst that could happen? Uh, I guess, I, I guess it depends if he's going to appeal it or not. You know, he he obviously came out very quickly and peace and love, and um, whatever you might, yeah, peace and love, peace and love. Oh, uh, you know, he came out very quickly. He also and, came out very quickly for that bloody corner against Watford, which is yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, I, what what day has he got? Into, what day has he got to um, submit his plea? Because thirty first. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's fully in, on, intending on appealing, but he'll probably get there a bit late. When he, let's be honest. Um, no, listen. He he came out and you know vehemently denied it. So sh- surely you'd expect him to appeal um, if he feels so strongly that he's been, you know, mis- his actions have been misconstrued. Uh, I'm. I'm on light of this, I'm more interested. You know, has there been an internal investigation at the club? Have the club punished him and just not told anybody? Because the FA have obviously made a, you know, quite a quite a bold step to um, punish him, and I don't mean bold as in he shouldn't be, but you know, like Sam said, it's quite a surprise they've done anything. I just, yeah, I'd be interested to see what the club stance on it is, really. Yeah, I'm sure it will all be dealt with internally, and there's nothing that we'd potentially hear about anyway. But um, yeah, I was I'll... hands up who thinks he's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I was fully expecting him to get a charge. I'd. Uh... 
DFA just won't ever let things like this go. Um, if it's going to bring any sort of bad reputation to English football, they're going to try and punt down on it. I just, yeah, I, I think he'll get a slap on the wrist, maybe a fine, but I can't see it being any more than that. But um, somebody might get banned in the near future is Mohamed Salah if he keeps diving in the box as he did against Crystal Palace at Anfield last week. Um, of course, he didn't get the penalty this time, but he also escaped a yellow card somehow. But Paddy Power, um, other bookies are available, have given odds on Salah dive specials versus Leicester this um, coming week, which is um, he's 9-1 to one to win a penalty. He's 10 to 1 to be booked for diving. And he's 50 to 1 to be sent off for diving. But get this, Albert. He can also be had at 500 to 1 to be a part of the Egyptian diving team in the 2020 Olympics. <laughs> can I cash out now? <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible, that one at Anfield, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's infuriating and it's more gore. And I know Chris. Re- touched on it on the review show it's more galling that there seems to be a huge and I know we're all biased at times and people will say we are with Wilf but it's you know it's it's infuriating to see people you know really really like try and defend him for the tiniest thing it's like oh he had it somebody touched his shoulder oh is somebody you know somebody's foot touched his foot and it's just it's I mean it's just devastating really I mean the, the, the saving grace is that he didn't get didn't get a penalty. I mean, he got obviously got one against us earlier in the season, and then yeah, I mean, there's you know threw himself to the ground to get Wambasaka probably rightly sent off. But um, yeah, it's, something's got to be done about it. I don't I don't care if it's Salah Hazard or you know someone somebody in the Championship. It's you know it's a, it's an all too common occurrence. Uh, we got off, we got off lightly. You know we we didn't get a penalty against us, but yeah, like you say, if he carries on. What's to say, yeah, those bets against Leicester, he he will, they will come in. Yeah, what I found really annoying in the commentary was that um, Don Goodman immediately said, oh, Palace should be, you know, basically along the lines of don't throw stones in in glass houses, um, suggesting that, you know, because we have Zaha in our team who has the same thing levelled in. But Heskiff, you've absolutely will never see Wilfred Zaha do that. No, no, not at all. And, you know, even when he goes down... Um, when it's not when you know, even as a Palace fan, you say it's not a penalty. He's not he's not diving. It's not him. You know, like Salah um, at, at the weekend, Sacco was near his right foot. He like shoots his left leg in the air and falls over. Like at least get the right foot if you're going to pretend you've been kicked. Whereas with Wilf, it's you know, like if he if he's sprinting past someone if it's shoulder to shoulder and they give him a nudge, you he'll go over, but it's not a dive. Mm. Um, and I mean, you saw the you know the, the fouls on him that actually happened during the game on Wilf, he just got absolutely clattered. And I think it makes it even more annoying with, with Salah diving around all over the place when you see, for example, the, the foul that Cater did on, on Andros on his ankle, which was an absolutely disgusting tackle. And the referee says, yeah, that's fine. You carry on with that. You know, so there was a lot to, a lot to be annoyed about in that game, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, Salah's an absolute joke. Um, he doesn't need to do it. He's obviously he's obviously a good player, but he, you know, the reaction of Luca when he went down was was good to see because I think Luca felt like we all did when uh, when he fell on his ass. Mm, indeed. So um, obviously this week, um, Emiliano Salah was supposed to become another Salah as he tweeted himself when he signed for Cardiff in the Premier League. But 
obviously, unfortunately, um, it appears that he may have perished in a in a plane crash as his plane disappeared flying back from Nantes to Cardiff. So um, we'll just end this section by saying that everyone at the back of the nest sends their well wishes to the family and um, our thoughts are with you. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Well, in true FA Cup style, the Back of the Nest Review Pod is rotating players this week as we look back at the Tottenham game. In place of the legend that is Chris Hamblin, who will be left out of the squad so he can enjoy some well-earned rest, relaxation and mutton rolls, it will be me, Mike Scott, and my panel dissecting what will hopefully be a victory over an injury-ravaged Spurs. Join myself, Nick Gillard, Cy Pizzi and the preview show's own Albert as we look back at the game, answer your questions, talk about our experience in the new singing section and discuss the latest transfer news or lack of it as the window speeds towards a decisive close. We'll be in your inboxes late Monday evening. Zaha, right at the end of the half. Oh, and he's found Kelly. Big chance. He scored! The most unlikely scorer for Crystal Palace, Martin Kelly, with his first for the club, right at the end of the half. Brilliantly set up by Wilf Zaha, and Kelly scores his first goal for some four years and three months. Magnificent finish. Commentary there from the last time uh, we met Spurs in the FA Cup, of course, back in 2016, when we went all the way to the final, falling at the last hurdle. And that was, of course, Martin Kelly causing the upset in the fifth round at White Hart Lane and setting up a quarterfinal tie against Reading. Heskiff, I love that goal, the way it thumped the net, like you really hear it. And I think it's Kelly yelping as it goes in. It might have been it might have been Wickham actually. I can't remember who it was, but um what a great day that was. It was it was a brilliant day. Uh we we were there. Um and yeah, the the, the most unlikely of scorers I think. But you know, if we'd have well, I mean we we were like him anyway, but if we had have won the cup, I think he would have been sort of in folklore as being one of the guys to have got us to the finally to get a, a, our hands on a trophy. Um yeah, I'm a you know I like Martin Kelly, and I, I hope that maybe another goal is forthcoming. And it was they they said it was four years since his last one, um, and it will be sort of three ish since that. So about time that he pops out of another one, isn't it? Yeah, of course. One of my overriding memories of that game, though, is um, Deli Ali <laughs> hitting both posts, it rolling straight across the goal line, right in front of where all the Palace fans were standing. We took loads that day, and um, pretty much the entire end behind the goal there at White Hart Lane. Um, but Albert, we'll start with Deli Ali's one of the big misses for Spurs this weekend, supposedly. Yeah, shame, isn't it? Real shame. <laughs> it's a shame, actually, because, I mean, not that it, you know he'd been out anyway, but I always I always enjoyed um, Deli Ali versus Johan Kabai. That was always quite a sort of narky, narky duel over the few times that they crossed paths. So it's a shame we'll be lacking that, but... Yeah, Spurs injury problems are well documented. Um, it'll only make it more galling when we lose one 0 to a Lorente banger. <laughs> yeah, um, it's very, very uh, prudent to mention Lorente there, who has a decent goal scoring record against us for Swansea. I think he scored three and two that he played against us for Swansea. Uh, Heskiff, um, does that make Kane that much of a miss for Spurs? <laughs> Not when it comes to Palace, probably. Um, they, they they'll have someone who'll pop up with a, a you know the solitary goal with five minutes to go. Um, 
Okay. Well, yeah, look, obviously Kane's a massive loss because he's one of the best strikers in the world, I would say. Um, but like you say, Lorente has scored against us. He's he's a decent striker. Um, I would suggest he's a better striker than who Swansea got in to replace him. Jordan, are you? I'm looking at you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good that it's good that Kane and Ali are out and Son because he's still away with the Asian Games, isn't he? So just about, just about. They yeah sneaking past Bahrain um, recently, but Tottenham have still got a good team. I mean, you know, if you've got a team that's still got you know players like Ericsson and that Lucas Moura in, in there, it's, it's not too shabby, is it really? Is it tonight they play or they play tomorrow night? It's in the tomorrow league. Cup, I think it's it? tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow, today, so, if you're listening I mean, to this on Thursday, yeah, <laughs> or yesterday, if you're listening to it on Friday, <laughs> we got it covered. <laughs> but, uh, all angles, but yeah, no, that's obviously you know it's gonna it's gonna be a tough ask for Spurs on Sunday with they're gonna have three games in six days or something like that. So. Um, yeah, and Son being away is a huge miss. He's obviously scored against a couple of goals against us in the past. Ali scored against us. Kane scored a couple of goals against us in the past. So, who was the, who was the youngster are... that scored against us in the league game? Which league game? The one the, we lost the, earlier this season. Hoyt, Hoyt is his name. The guy who basically I've never heard of since. Not that I follow Spurs closely, but I've not heard his name Didn't... uttered since. So you know he's. He come must back. have got injured. He must have. He'll got probably injured. be fit for Sunday. Don't worry. <laughs> they're playing up front yeah well because wasn't it the ve- the very game before we played Spurs um, he, got done he over. gave away two, he gave away two penalties against the Wolves that's right yeah he did indeed yeah so um, yeah Juan Juan Foyf was his name Foyf just, uh, just a Juan just a just a Juan yeah but I don't know that's like um, <laughs> I don't know if he's injured or not uh, Heskiv isn't your wife's name Juan Ooh, you didn't dare say that to her when you saw her last week, mate, did you? <laughs> well, in, in in case she gave me the old Juan 2. The old Juan 2, in your Juan 2s. <laughs> um, I, I will say, though, going back to Albert's uh, Deli Alley point, um, Deli Alley is my wife's most hated player in the world. So I think she she's a bit disappointed that he's not playing because she loves giving him a huge amount of abuse during the game, precisely because he raped the back of uh, Johan Kabai's ankles once. And she loves Johan Kabai. I remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think we'll have to start in the obvious area where um, Guaita's out injured, Hennessy's out injured. Julian Speroni, I mean, bless him, had a complete mare at Anfield. And um, the news appears to be today that the Lucas Perry move, which is the goal, the Sao Paulo goalkeeper, appears to be closing in because his agent today um, posted on his Instagram story a picture at the Crystal Palace training ground, which was promptly deleted when um, he realised that Crystal Palace fans actually follow him on Instagram. So um, there's evidence there that it's going to happen, I guess. Um, but... Heskip, do you put him straight in? I mean, he's only played a handful of first team games at like third division level in, <laughs> back home. I, no, I, I think Jules will play. Um, if if we register this Brazilian in time, which no, in Palace we probably won't. Um, it, I think he'll probably make the bench. I reckon Jules will 
Jaws will play. And, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too upset with that. Yes, he, that third goal at Anfield was, you know, very tough to watch because we all love Jaws and none of us, he looked absolutely heartbroken afterwards as well, didn't he? Which makes it even worse. Um, but I think Roy would much prefer to go with experience than youth. So um, I reckon Jules is going to start. Yeah, it was, um, you know, obviously if Hennessy had done that when um, if we were in the stadium, everyone would have gone absolutely loopy. But everyone who was inside Anfield was just just in silence, basically just so gutted for him. Um, but, you know, it's it's just very unfortunate circumstances that he's been thrown into such a, you know, daunting game like that where um, his final game for Palace or like one of, he should have been allowed to, you know, a run out as Sellers at the end of the season in a meaningless game just to get his goodbye. But um, no, he'll get to play at Sellers at least once more, I would imagine this weekend against Spurs and hopefully can um, turn it around. Although, Albert, if he doesn't start as and this does the Anfield game does happen to be his last game of his Palace career. He's he's kind of bookended his career quite poetically there, hasn't he? <laughs> what how, howlers against Merseyside clubs? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm I'm all right with that to be honest. You know, go out as you came in, and you know, <laughs> let's just remember all the good stuff in the middle. Yeah, exactly. And there's plenty of good stuff to remember. As as I said on the last podcast, we will talk about um, Speroni in much greater length when he finally departs SC25 on a special podcast. Um, lots of chances for fringe players this weekend, Heskiff, like Scott Dan, Martin Kelly, Joel Ward, Riedervold, Maya, Wickham, Benteke. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, it'll be any of those coming in or do you think Hodgson's going to really see the FA Cup as an opportunity this season, especially against such a weakened Spurs side? It's a tough one. It's a tough one because I think if we'd have got a team not quite as good as Tottenham, I think he would have switched up quite a bit. You know, he probably would have played as usual. You know, he likes playing um, Andros, he'll play Luca, those sort of players. But, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Scott Dan get a game. I would certainly like to see Wickham or Benteke get more minutes than they have. Um, I thought Wickham's set up for Myers' goal against Liverpool was really good. And it's not something that we would have done on, with uh, IU on the pitch. So, you know, that I'd like to see. But um, it's just really tough with Roy because he does like to stick to his guns. And I think it being against a, a very good team, albeit weakened, um, my instinct is that he'll, he won't change too much. Um, I would like to see, yeah, like I said, I would like to see Dan in. I would like to see Maya get, get um, another start, maybe pushed a bit forward. I mean, we're always talking about it and it never happens, but maybe in a, in a cup game where it doesn't matter quite as much, um, you could just give it a go and see if it works. Um, but yeah, Roy Roy likes to stick to his guns, doesn't he? So it's tough to, tough to see much of a change. Well, thankfully, we're not going to get much in there, that's for sure. Um, Albert, Max Meyer did get a little bit forward against Liverpool and played off the big man up front. Um, do you see Wickham perhaps getting a start here? You know, Jordan Ayew has um, you know, done a lot of running recently, <laughs> playing up front on his own. And um, do you see this as a perfect opportunity to give Wickham a chance? Because um, it's probably still a little bit too early for Benteke. Yeah, definitely. I think if if Benteke was a little bit further along, I'd, I'm almost tempted to chuck them both in from the start and 
you know, play play our strongest wingers in Zaha and Townsend on the wings, perhaps in a yeah, in a four four two, and 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 stick them both up front and just just see what they can do and get you know get service into the box. Um, but yeah, if it if if it's too soon for Benteke, then yeah, I'd, I'd you know get, get Wickham in and you know maybe maybe it's a four five one with Maya, you know, playing just slightly off, you know, and, and hope hoping it recreates that you know the scenario that we saw that combination working at Anfield. Mm. Well, so look, we've had a question in from Nathan Jones, which says, um, is it time to revert to counter-attacking football at Sellers, regardless of the opposition for the remainder of the season? Palace are about as much use as tits on <laughs> tits on a fish when trying to break sides down at home. Um, Hesky, if this will be a good place to start as any for counter-attacking at Sellers. Absolutely. Um, and it's a discussion that I've had um, with our friend of the pod, miserable Dave Perry, um, who um, is getting increasingly annoyed at us playing sort of three defensive midfielders at home, um, which I completely agree with. I th- you know, I think, yes, we are a better counter-attacking team and you need defensive midfielders when you go to Anfield, when you go to the Ahad. But when you're playing at home against, you know, Cardiff or, or Huddersfield or, you know, Wolves, teams like that, I don't think it makes much sense to play all of them. And, you know, if that means dropping someone like MacArthur, who I'm a massive fan of, absolutely a massive fan of, if that means dropping him to be a bit more offensive, then I think that that's something that we should definitely consider and we should definitely do, especially, like you say, in a cup game where if we do it and it doesn't work, you know, we haven't lost points in the league. Um, And, you know, we should be playing to our strengths. And I think our strengths are, again, like we said before, Wilf and Townsend on the wing. Um, you know, you saw the damage that Wilf did when he was played out wide against Liverpool. Yes, it was against James Milner, but actually James Milner's a pretty good player, even if he's playing at fullback. And Wilf had him on toast all game, absolutely absolutely destroyed him. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to say, yeah, let's just play counter-attacking at home. But when we're playing against teams who come to defend or, you know, to come to get a point, We've got to be more offensively minded to try and break them down. And I think having an advanced Meyer in the team, having someone like Wickham or Benteke as a target point for people to play off is definitely something we should be looking at because I, you know, I think we'll be much more effective if we start playing like that. Yeah, I think I would. For me, it would be Kiate would drop out and bring in a Meyer because I think MacArthur has goals in him. And um, he's proven that he'll he'll get you five, six, seven goals a season, um, as he's done pretty much his whole Palace career when he's been fit. So, um, yeah, I just you're right. It's three three defensive midfielders when you're trying to break down two blocks of four that are just sitting deep with no intentions of really attacking you. Um, it's it's a conundrum uh, that we haven't really found the answer to since Pardew's days, really when. Pardew's final season when he started talking about um, moving the team on <laughs> to um, bigger and better things, but um, yeah, I don't. I, we'll obviously set up to let Spurs have the ball this weekend, and um, we'll try and hit them on the counter. But yeah, I just don't. I don't think we can be doing it against the smaller teams, um, which a few are coming up in in the next couple of months or so. We've got some um, games where we'll we'll need to break teams down to get the points that we need. Um, Albert, you talked about playing wingers there. Um, and Zaha today has been linked with a move to Dortmund in the summer. Um, 
initial thoughts on that? Uh, listen, we're going to get he's going to get linked with with anybody and everybody that's got money to spend. Um, we all know he's going to go. It's not at some point. Every, you know, every transfer window, certainly the summer ones, I always mentally prepare myself for the uh, you know the heartbreaking image of him holding up a another club shirt. Um, it, it it's never going to be nice when it happens. Uh, if it were Dortmund, looking at it positively, at least you can say that you know we're very unlikely to see him at Celeste playing for an opposition team. Um, you know, it's a massive club, even if it's not in a the elite Premier League. Um, uh, you know, but w- when he goes, whoever he goes to, the money has to be right. Um, and if it's was it sixty million they're saying. Yeah, sixty. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't sniff at it, really, can you? He, he, you'd, you'd think he'd want to go, challenge himself at that level, um, and we need, we, we, we need that level of money to even consider it. And I'm not saying I'd be happy or I'd be, you know, I'd drive him there myself or anything like that. But sixty million quid would certainly take the sting off it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for me, Dortmund's if he's going to leave is. One of the perfect moves away for him, for me, you know, it's um, he'll go challenge himself, challenge for titles, get Champions League football, and we'll never have to play against Palace, as you say. So it's pretty much um, the perfect move for me. And obviously, I'm in Germany quite a lot, so <laughs> I'd be able to get out there and watch him play. Um, another rumor today linked is uh, a move for Balassi on loan in this transfer window. Um, when he picked up his serious injury a couple of years ago at Everton, shortly after leaving us, I. <laughs> I did joke that this was um, the start of his return to Crystal Palace. Heskiff, can you see it happening? Would you want it to happen? Um, would I want it to happen? No, honestly. Uh, I loved Jallo when he was with us. I really did. But he hadn't really pulled up any trees. I mean, obviously he had his bad injury, which isn't great. Um, but he went to Villa and I don't I don't think he did much there, did he? They don't seem to be all that bothered that he's... I think he scored twice. Were they crosses? <laughs> Um, but that, I don't think they seem too bothered that he's, you know, Everton have called him back or he's gone back or whatever. Um, I mean, he, you know, he's not a bad player, but I don't think necessarily it's a priority for us. I'd honestly much rather, you know, worry about the formation, bringing, bringing players in that can really push in the first team, whether that is a striker that's a bit different from the target when we've got, um, or, you know, like a younger player that we bring in with an eye to the future. Obviously, not Josh Madger, who apparently is going to Bordeaux. Um, but I just, uh, I'm I'm fine with Yala not coming back. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, nostalgia, I'd love it. Um, there was enough clips of him when he was at Villa nutmegging people and stuff like that that um, made me miss him a lot. And... You know, having him to be able to come on from the bench or something like that for the remainder of this season and have that something different to break teams down, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't mind it so much. What about you, Albert? Uh, I think it it depends on what else we're looking at, to be honest. Um, If you said to me, we can sign nobody, which isn't out of the realms of plausibility, (laughs) or we can sign Yannick Balassi on loan, of course I'm going to say... Yeah, go on, then I'll take Palacio on loan for end of the season, mix it up a little bit, see what happens. Um, however, if, you know, it's, it's been well documented that we've we've moved a lot of, uh, not necessarily in everyone's case, but sort of the dead wood, the players that aren't getting 
team, you know, getting game time, taking up probably a decent chunk of wage. Um, you know, Riedervald was meant to go, but he's still here. Uh, if 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 that's an exercise in trying to free up wages to you know to bring in promising youngster or you know the Leeds lad or, or you know or someone in that mould, that would be my preference. But like I say, if it's if it's Balassi or nothing, I'll uh, I'll take Balassi, please. Yeah, I'm well put. I would say, I would, yeah, it would be nice to get someone fresher in and younger, but. You know, I, I think he could come and cause some chaos for the last few months of the season, and um, yeah, you, we'd all be excited. Let's not pretend as much as we can talk about it in um, normal sense now. That that first game where he'd come off the bench uh, to a full Sellers Park, everyone would be absolutely loving it and cheering him on. So, um, be like when, Cl- when Clinton came back, when <laughs> exactly right, yes, that was a momentous day. It really was, yeah, and um, and then of course scored a, a lot more goals as well when he came back. So, well done, Clinton. Um, Kevin Friend is the referee um, for this one. We have a sterling record under him. Um, in fact, only our only worst record is under Mark Clattenburg, who's now obviously retired from the Premier League. Uh, eight losses in the 12 games he's taken. Um, and since we won the only game we've won when he's been referee, there's been six games, five of them losses, including Heskiff. Two one nil losses against Spurs. The dream. The dream result against Spurs every time. <laughs> and Albert... Um, Two of those other games were capitulations in the 5-4 loss against Swansea and Brighton this season. Welcome aboard, Kevin Friend. (laughs) Yes, hopefully um, things will improve. But um, if you're... I'm still not over that Swansea game. Mate, please don't bring it up. You brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I literally did, but yeah, I'm not talking about it. I've done it way too many times in this pod. It scarred me. To be fair, to be fair, but Connor Wickham's only just over it himself. Wow! Hang on, remains to be seen. Let's not get hasty. <laughs> what weird things to say as well. At one nil, Connor Wickham went off in that game, and it completely changed it. We were we were all over them until that point. But yeah, um, obviously, uh, harking back as we did at the beginning here to the FA Cup win in 2016 at Wyatt's Hart Lane. Um, at halftime, Spurs made a big boo-boo that day and uh, decided, obviously, a researcher just looked at a sheet of paper and went, oh, look, Alan Mullery is a Spurs legend and he also used to manage Crystal Palace. Let's let's get him on the pitch at halftime and do an interview. Do you, do you reckon we should do the same this weekend, Albert, as Celeste? I hear they've got John Bostock lined up. <laughs> I think he's been forgiven now, hasn't he? Has he? Has he? I feel like with that Toulouse friendly and all the... All the press rolling stuff out to him at Sellers. It was yeah, it, yeah. I guess so. I'm sure there's worse. There's worse pantomime villains. Who are the other candidates with a Palace Spurs connection? Neil Ruddock, Ruddock, Chris Armstrong. Yeah, Chris Armstrong's right there, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally give him any abuse, but you know, we're Palace fans. There's going to be someone who's got beef with him somewhere. Well, I just doesn't he just smoke weed all the time? Wasn't that what he went to? Like he had a police record for recently. He's hanging out with Andy Gray. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna immediately now direct message Chris Grierson and be like, get Alan Mullery onto the pitch at halftime. I dare you, and um, see if he'd actually turn up. But that was um, you were there that day, Heskiff. Did you enjoy that halftime showing from Mullery? <laughs> I did. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, 
I mean, it started off when they said they got him. Everyone around me was like, what are they playing at? You know, what what are they doing? And then it just turned into like a cacophony of boos and swear words. <laughs> um, but it works, didn't it? it? It was great. It was good to... Uh, yeah. Good to like keep keep our vocal calls going during half time, ready for the second half. Well, that was what it was because Kelly had scored basically on the stroke of half time, so we were all celebrating still. And then usually people would you know would have drifted down and got drinks and stuff like that, but everyone was still there in the stands. And then they was like, and now we've got Alan Mallory, <laughs> and everyone just yeah, it was it was it was quite the experience. And um, my favourite thing after was the the tweet from um, whoever was covering the match for Sky that day, just like frantically trying to find out why Palace fans were viciously booing the man that is Alan Mullery. Um, do some research, people. Right. Um, short break. And then when we come back, we're going to discuss what we think the score will be. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Yeah, so last week predictions um, Heskiff went for a 3-0 Albert, what did you go for? I was hoping you'd tell me Yeah (laughs) I think I went I think I went uh, 2-1 Liverpool I definitely didn't go for any sort of positive result yeah, and I went 1-0 Liverpool. Um, I actually wrote for the Liverpool website, the official Liverpool website, a preview, and I also put 1-0 on that. So I sound sounded like a genius, I imagine. Um, yeah, Heskiff, it wasn't quite the 3-0 you was expecting, was it? It wasn't. I, 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 thought we paid, I thought we paid really well. And I must say, we definitely scored the best goals of the game. Oh, but, God, Townsend's goal was just magical. Oh. Unbelievable, especially considering at the start of it when MacArthur was sort of just spinning around in a circle with like half of their team around him. I was just like, oh, this is it. They're going to swarm our goal. This is going to really piss me off. But then we got out of it. Nice flowing move. And uh, yeah, smashing goal from Andros in front of the cop. Yeah, it was it was very, very, very nice. Uh, That's exactly how, you know, you play out against Liverpool. There's the template right there. but, But I guess it's easier... Easier said than done. Um, we've done a poll this week. 
we asked what the score was going, well, what the result was going to be, whether it was going to be a win, a loss, or a draw. Are you are you ready, guys? We need a jingle for this. I think some sort of drum roll. Fifty five percent have gone for getting my son for a win. Twenty two percent have gone to back to Wembley for a draw, and twenty three percent of people have gone for caned, which is a loss. All very good. All very good, but none of those three players that you've referenced are playing. So there's a little, oh, there's a little minus there. That's why, that's why I did it. Okay, because okay, they're all like, fine. Oh, but that see now you've made me explain it, which means it's rubbish. Doubt. Benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I'd have gone hoping, uh, hoping for Mora if we'd lost. <laughs> no, that's that's very 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 solid. Good. Husky, have you got any? No. <laughs> I'm just sat whilst I was talking I'm sat here trying to think of some but um, Palace of one Yama <laughs> has any, is he still with them he's going to play apparently we were dire that result was out of your world out of no. this world something like that I don't know it's in there somewhere <laughs> should, we, should we carry on with the show or the puns because <laughs> I'm alright I'm all right with either <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn J on Twitter has gone the usual 1-0 to Spurs 86 minute uh, DR of this parish has gone 1-0 Palace um, Nick Gussett also of this parish God, what's going on I'm not 2 nothing as the Eagles rendered a Cox flaccid mm. uh, <laughs> and uh, Nathan Jones has gone 2-1 Palace Ben Teke to score both and Jules to have a man of the match performance um, Albert what's it going to be 2-1 Palace oh very optimistic and who's scoring the goals good sir anyone I'll take anyone uh, who's going to score Christian Benteke is going to score and Max Meyer is going to get his second. Heskiff. I just, I'm just going to fall back on my default answer for every Tottenham game. I think we're going to lose 1-0. And I think, I think Musa Sissoko is going to score. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Palace win. Yes, I'm, I'm doing it. But by the way, I've, I've got a pun for if Sissoko scores. <laughs> go on. Sissoko-KO'd. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Get out. There's no other, there's no prediction league this week because we only do those Premier League games. So I think Ed Kellaway's still ruling the roost over there. But Albert, you might you might be closing in. So um we'll keep an eye on that. And what was beautiful about the um <laughs> the the Liverpool prediction league was uh, Nick Gussett predicting four two and um absolutely lording it over everyone until Max Meyer <laughs> <laughs> made it 4-3 with pretty much the last kick of the game to um, burst his bubble. So, so never mind. Never mind indeed. So, um, yeah, well done to Max Meyer there. Um, we'll be back after this short break. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com So that's your lot for this week, um, but you will get, well, sort of... Um, double doses of Albert this week because as I heard from Mike Scott there you're going to be joining the the review show on Monday for the review of this Spurs game good Albert yeah I mean I feel like I'm it's a bit like having divorced parents which I did have actually (laughs) so it's you know excuse me if I well up you know it's like asking one parent if you can go and see the other um, on an unscheduled visit so yeah I do you know I feel awkward but they've asked so I hope you don't mind, and I, I do still love you. 
No, of course, we're happy for you to do it. And of course, good luck to Mike Scott, in which I believe is his third or fourth endeavour into filling the boots of um, Chris Hambo Hambling, who will probably be off somewhere gorging on mutton rolls. Um, right, so next week is obviously we play Southampton on Wednesday night. Um, so on Thursday, there will be a sort of joint review transfer deadline review and preview of the Fulham game. So Southampton review, deadline day review and preview of Fulham, probably all wrapped up into probably like a 90-minute show next Thursday. So Deadline um, day bit won't take long. Yeah, well, who did we sign? Nobody. And then move on. So, um, so yeah, so look out for that late Thursday night next week or into the early hours of Friday morning and ready for your commutes and... Um, I'm sure that'll be a cracking show and uh, you never know, you might you might hear my dulcet tones on there. Um, probably just to give some abuse to Hambo mainly. Um, looking, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, right, uh, so yeah, until the next time, which will be two weeks for the preview show proper, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.